Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you may be in the world. You are tuned in to the ABC7 Sports In Between the Lines podcast. We are coming to you from Sarasota, Florida. Starting to warm up here, ladies and gentlemen, and of course, we're happy about that. I am yours truly, the X-Factor, Xavier McKnight. And I'm James Hill. And James, what a week it's been here, here on the Suncoast Spring Training Baseball. All players reporting this week. It's the time of year most people here on the Suncoast look forward to. Celebration for many reasons. We'll get to Cardinal Mooney in just a second. But at the time of this recording, we are about 13 hours away from all four of our teams on the Suncoast getting their spring training games underway. The Atlanta Braves traveling to Charlotte County to take on the Tampa Bay Rays at the Charlotte Sports Park. The Orioles are hosting the Boston Red Sox. Never too early to get an early look at what you're going to see from a division rival, more than likely, during the course of that 162-game regular season that, of course, comes after spring training concludes. And the Pittsburgh Pirates are making the trip to go see the Minnesota Twins and what has been a momentous week for that team. Definitely. This is going to be a special weekend, a weekend that people around the Sun Coast are looking forward to. A lot of the people, uh, if you use the term snowbird, a lot of people have uh, – uh, move down to the Sun Coast paradise, if you will, because they really enjoy this environment. It's a beautiful place. And one of the uh, things that you get an opportunity to experience here, besides the beaches and the great restaurants, spring training. As you know, every year, baseball teams, since they are located in many cases up north in cold climates, They come down to Florida in February, getting into March, and they take a look at their rosters and players that are in their farm systems and free agents, and they they look at their team, they put their teams together, and then they have what they call spring training games. And at the spring training games, you get an opportunity to see a pitcher or or a young prospect or somebody who's who had an injury or just a player who's healthy who's been off for the winter and they're coming back to play. So it's a great opportunity. Ed Smith Stadium is is very close to our television studio, and then also in Bradenton there are the Pirates. Also down in in Northport, uh, the Atlanta Braves are there, and of course. Uh, just over in Charlotte, across the uh, Charlotte County line, you can find the Tampa Bay Rays. So this is a great time for baseball. And it's also been some great weather conditions for the teams this week as well. James, i got to tell you, I've been in Florida now for five years, and this is probably the best February that we have had weather-wise since I've at least been down here. It's not been too cold. It hasn't been too hot. Like, I've been down here during some Februarys where it's scorching. Never have the problem of it being too cold by this point. That's January where people get concerned about that here. But the February this time around, I got to tell you, I'm going to miss this weather when it's gone away in a couple of weeks. And I believe those players are going to miss it as well. I believe so. Uh, You know, Florida is known for weather, some of the best weather. It can get on the warm side. The humidity kicks up so to speak, so you have to have your your liquids, your water, your Gatorade, and so on and so forth. And, yeah, this time of year right now, it's been beautiful. It's been picturesque. But uh, the sun and the UV rays, they are going to intensify. Uh, Bob would have more info on that. But what I can tell you is the hat, 
the sun visor, the sunscreens, again, the bottled water, all those things come into play to help you throughout the day as you go and watch your favorite baseball teams or you put a camera on your shoulder and you go over and you uh, record a game and you, and you cover a game. Uh, this is a special time, but yes, the heat is serious. Yes, our chief meteorologist here at ABC7, Bob Harrigan, who James was just referring to just a moment ago. And James, the Pittsburgh Pirates, one, they've made two big moves this week. Let's talk about the one that they made with the current roster. Mitch Keller, he's getting a five-year deal. He will remain with the team, and that's a huge step forward for a team that continues to take step fo- steps forward. They went 76-86 and 86 last season. That's a 14-game improvement from where they were in 2022 when they went 62-100. and 100. Nobody likes losing 100 games, and nobody likes having a losing season. But you have to take these things in steps. And I also think it's a very motivating factor for the Pirates. They play their spring training games here on the Sun Coast. And all three teams here, even though the Rays are technically not a part of our coverage area for spring training of Manatee, Sarasota County, they still reside in Tampa Bay year-round. All three, the Orioles, the Braves, and the Rays, they all made the postseason last year. And honestly, I'm sure the Pirates take most inspiration from the Baltimore Orioles, who made a huge jump in 2023 compared to where they were in 2022 as well. Definitely, and the Pirates have a certain look in their eyes. Uh, they are hungry, so to speak. Uh, they're bringing players back. They're working together. They're trying to uh, move in the right direction. Uh, they may not be as marquee, if you will, as a some of the teams that have been winning, but the Pirates are a gritty team, a hard-nosed team, and they're going to try to figure this thing out. How can we win? What can we do? What do we need to do? Uh, Today I was able to cover an event, and uh, Keller was able to receive a contract extension, as you talked about, uh, $77 million, five-year deal. will keep him in the black and gold with Pittsburgh uh, on the mound. He is uh, scheduled to start on opening day. Uh, They have their work cut out. But uh, Pirate City, they're very focused, and we'll see what happens. Uh, We'll get a look at them on Sunday. I'll go out there and cover that particular game. And, uh, yeah, it should be an interesting season for the Pittsburgh Pirates. They have their work cut out for them, but what I will say is that they have a benefit to their advantage as well. They play in the National League Central, and that division, it appears to be going through a rebuilding period all around. The Cardinals had a drop-off last season that I'm not so sure many people saw coming. You don't know what to expect from the Chicago Cubs, yet they could be a playoff team this upcoming season, but they also could easily fall out of that as well. One of their star players from last year, Cody Bellinger, is not on that roster. He's currently not on anybody's roster. I assume that by the end of spring training, somebody will pick up Cody Bellinger. The Milwaukee Brewers, they made a huge move to deal their ace to the Baltimore Orioles, who needed an ace. So I'm not sure which direction that team's going in. And the Cincinnati Reds, they're on the up and up as well. So, yeah, they have their work cut out for them. But if I was a team in position like the Pittsburgh Pirates are, to where we have been continually rebuilding for nearly a decade now, 
this is the perfect type of division to have that happen in. We have this conversation all the time when it happens with football, in particular in the NFL, and you look at certain divisions where teams rebuild. And just for example, look at the Houston Texans last season playing in the AFC South where there was only one team that everyone thought would make the playoffs there. That would be the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the Houston Texans surprise everybody, and they end up making the playoffs. The Indianapolis Colts made a push for the playoffs, and the Jaguars were there at the end, but you know they honestly should have locked things up starting out 8-3 and three and completely falling out of playoff contention after just losing the rest of the way. That's neither here nor there. But you get what I'm saying. Sometimes you end up in certain spots where things can just work out in your favor if you do everything that you're supposed to do. We're not talking about them playing in a division like the National League West where you have the Dodgers and you have the Diamondbacks who are coming off of a World Series appearance. You have the San Francisco Giants. You don't know what you're going to get from the Colorado Rockies. And the Padres are one of those wild card teams I'm looking at like, okay, I know they didn't have the best of seasons last year. They missed the playoffs. But we have to remember that in 2022, they were in the National League Championship Series. So it's not like they play in that type of gauntlet of a division. So I can see them taking another jump this year. Definitely. When you look at the National League Central and you look at the Pirates, last season uh, they were rocking and rolling for a while, and then they had some injuries. And the players that I talked to, they said, yeah, man, we were going, and then we got hurt. So if they can put some momentum together, win some games, if they can stay healthy, get some arms in there, and, and, and also you have to be able to hit the ball and, and, and score runs, stay away from errors, I think they'll be uh, the sky's the limit for them. No, absolutely. And you talk about Mitch Keller, but we also have to talk about Another position player they have, too, O'Neal Cruz. One of the most exciting young players in baseball. You have him and you have Mitch Keller together. I, I like what this team is building, James. Yeah, this team is is a very interesting team. Uh, Mr. Cruz is a tall gentleman. Uh, he can play the shortstop. Uh, he can hit the ball. Uh, he, he, he's an athlete. He looks like he could play basketball or or football, uh, he's an interesting person. I uh, haven't had an opportunity to talk to him yet, but he is there and he's working hard, and uh, he can uh, make the throw over to first base, scoop the ball up, and he can hit. And he's a very, very talented man. Uh, he should have a very good season. No, absolutely. And you look at – let's talk about the Baltimore Orioles here for a second as well. Winning 101 games last year, but one of the biggest problems once they got into the playoffs was pitching. They could not slow down the offense of the Texas Rangers. Nobody could slow down the offense of the Texas Rangers for that matter. But Baltimore went out and they addressed that issue going out and getting an ace. And this such a young team, I believe they caught a lot of people by surprise last year. They won't be catching people by surprise this year, but here's the good news for them. The Boston Red Sox are rebuilding. The Boston Red Sox are rebuilding so much that I would say a guy who may be the face of the franchise now at this point in Rafael Devers, if he's not the face, he's one of the faces, he is now calling out the front office and saying, you need to get us more help. So you can probably eliminate them. You never know what to expect from the Tampa Bay Rays year in and year out. And I say that because this is a franchise that 
they, they, they train up these players in the minor leagues. They bring them up to the big leagues. And they become star players. But they don't break the bank to necessarily keep them. But somehow it continues to be a revolving door of players who can just come in and they get it done. At some point you have to believe that that's going to stop, right? Will this year be the year? We don't know. That team won 99 games a year ago. But you can easily be a team that goes from 99 to 89 or 79 or, dare I say, even 69. The Yankees, um, you know, they made some moves. But the problem is their big acquisition of the offseason, Juan Soto, hasn't even signed an extension yet. And now many in the Yankees brass expect that he's still going to hit free agency. And they still have an issue with pitching as well. So the Orioles are in a sweet spot as well. I definitely would say that they are the front runners to go back to back as AL East champions. Yeah, the Orioles are a, a interesting uh, operation. Uh, they're very strict. They're very focused. They have a certain look in their eyes. Uh, when you go over to cover the Orioles, uh, the players are really, really focused. They kind of had a taste of success, but that was the regular season, right? And they were able to win the American League East, uh, that division, during the regular season and uh, was able to see the banner over at uh, Ed Smith Stadium. But those players want to build on that. They want to get a pennant. They want to win the American League. They want to represent the American League. They want to go to the series, and they want to win. And they want to win now. And tomorrow they will put uh, Burns on the mound and he's a gentleman that they got in a trade. He's coming over. So he should be an interesting piece. I did see him uh, yesterday in the clubhouse. Those guys are serious, and they have an opportunity to start doing something about it tomorrow, even though it's just a spring training game. But it gives them a look uh, against Boston. And, again, a lot of the fans here on the Sun Coast will be there uh, because of the franchise, the Boston Red Sox, and also because of what Baltimore did last year. And Baltimore has a relationship with Sarasota, and the people in this area really get behind the Orioles. And so it, it should be a great afternoon of baseball. James, we learned a couple of weeks ago through uh, one of our colleagues and friends here at the station, Sophia Vitello, who went out and covered the opening day for the Orioles when pitchers and catchers reported. We learned that ever since they've been in this city, they've accumulated over $600 million for the city. So that tells you right there that there's a good relationship right there with the Orioles in the city of Sarasota. But you talk about Corbin Burns, and James, I mean, maybe you may feel differently about this. I believe that the Baltimore Orioles are slowly taking a page out of the book of the team that knocked them out of the postseason last year, the Texas Rangers. And you, you you look at it. Just three years ago, four years ago, the Rangers were one of the worst teams in baseball. And then they slowly just started accumulating players, whether it was Corey Seager, whether it was Jacob DeGrom, who was not a part of that playoff run last year because of the dreadful Tommy John surgery. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've never heard me say this before, I think that is the absolute worst injury for the worst position player in sports, a pitcher having to have Tommy John surgery. You don't usually see too many of them come back from that, and they're their same old dominant selves. Definitely, uh, 
that's an injury uh, you do not want. You don't want to hear about it. That's an injury nobody would want. And, uh, you know, when you think about Tommy Johns, you also think about the ACL injury and the Achilles. Uh, but with the, the direction sports medicine is going in, uh, guys are able to come back uh, from ACL injuries and knee injuries. Uh, but when you talk about throwing, and these are gentlemen who throw the ball over 100 miles an hour, over 95 miles an hour. So they kind of need all of their ligaments and all their mechanics uh, to be in great shape in their arms. And Tommy John surgery and that whole concept is very challenging for someone to bounce back from. And definitely when you look at Baltimore, they're putting pieces in place. And if, if they can take a page out of the Texas Rangers uh, uh, last few years and, and utilize that and continue to build up their, their team with, with arms and, and, and relievers and, and, and hitters and, and, and the type of players they want to win, they should, be, they should put themselves in a position to where they can go out and compete. A uh, gentleman I talked to said, uh, we still have to play the games. And so, you know, he said it was good to be patted on the back, but we have to get out there and play the games, and it's competitive. Um, I talked to James McCann, the, the catcher, and he talked about how in the AL East, I said, man, you're in a tough division with some iconic teams. He said, yeah, but anybody can beat anyone any day. The worst team can beat the best team. The best team can win. So you never know. And there's a lot of players that work really hard. So we just have to go out there and, and compete. So it starts tomorrow. And uh, after spring training, that's when it really starts, when the teams go back home, so to speak. And then that 162-game stretch starts. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have some action down here uh, across uh, over in the Dome and some really good baseball in the American League. And not to mention the fact that the Orioles are also, they're under new ownership, and one of the guys under that ownership umbrella is one of the Mount Rushmore icons in the history of that franchise and Kyle Ripken Jr., so, I mean, we'll just continue to see what it is that they will be able to do. Now, there is a fifth team in that division, and I know that people listening to this are going to say, well, are you not going to talk about the Blue Jays? I'm talking about them right now, and I'm pretty much going to stop right there because they're one of those teams that I'm at a point now, James, where it's like, okay, either prove to us that you are who you say that you are or just let's stop because that team has so much talent, and they could easily poise a threat as well. but. It was such a disappointing season for them last year, and I just don't know what to make out of them. But to get back to the Orioles here, I believe that they are in a sweet spot, and I believe that the Pirates are in a sweet spot. A team that I'm not so sure is in a sweet spot, that would be the Atlanta Braves. And you all have heard me say this a few times here on this platform. I am from Georgia. I am a supporter of the Atlanta Braves. I root for the Atlanta Braves. I would not call myself a full-blown fan of the Atlanta Braves. You see, my history with Atlanta teams, it goes back to before the Braves won the 2021 World Series. 
it goes back to, and this is not an Atlanta team, but they're a major team in the state and in that area. It goes back to before UGA won back-to-back college football championships. My history of starting to watch these teams started with the Braves disappointing everyone in the 2000s and the early 2010s. The Georgia Bulldogs always losing to Alabama. And don't get me started with the Atlanta Hawks and the Atlanta Falcons. But the reason I bring up the Braves and them not necessarily being in a sweet spot, James, I know they won 104 games last year, but we got to dissect this here for a moment. The Philadelphia Phillies were missing their best player, the face of their franchise, Bryce Harper, who has been a Braves playoff. It's been a Braves playoff killer. Let's just tell it like it is. Bryce Harper sees the Braves in the playoffs and he's licking his chops. He's going to hit a home run or a few when he sees them in the playoffs. They were missing him for a good chunk of the season. He was recovering from offseason surgery. So they got off to a slow start without him. They were also missing their starting first baseman as well. So they got off to a slow start. But once they started rolling, I knew, okay, they're going to be a problem come playoff time. The Washington Nationals started to come on strong late in the season last year. So you got to look out for them. The Marlins are a team you have to look out for. And they just made the addition of adding Tim Anderson, one of the best and most exciting shortstops and players all around in baseball to that roster. And I believe the New York Mets just had a down year. I believe that they're still a very good team. So I'm not so sure that the 104 win Braves are going to duplicate that type of regular season success again. I could be wrong, but when you talk about teams that have their work cut out for them, I really think the Braves are one of those teams that are at the top of the list. Definitely. uh, You have to see the Philadelphia Phillies. You have to see the Mets, whatever that looks like. You're going to go down to Miami a lot. And they're going to come to the ATL a lot. So that particular division and, and group of teams will see each other a lot. You know, Atlanta, they have a lot of talent. And I feel like they are a team that they, they have a lot to say about their own destiny. You know, they have hitting, they have pitching, they have some great players that we know and, and, and we really respect. Uh, great training facility down in Northport. Uh, it's not even 10 years old yet, maybe barely five or six, and that includes the pandemic. So it hasn't been used in in its entirety during those times. Beautiful ballpark. Uh, they have what it takes to win, but as the gentleman told me over at Baltimore, uh, we have to go out and play the games. And you know, what, what's, what's really challenging is when you see a team play well all year, they top over 100, and then for whatever reason, they just kind of fizzle out. It doesn't work, and they don't get to where they want to get to, and you kind of look at, like, what happened. Uh, that can be mind-boggling. We also have to dissect that 104-win season, too, because that story is not told in its totality. The Braves clinched their division early in September of last year. And after that, they started to tail off. 
They started to not hit the ball with efficiency the way that they had hit it throughout the course of the summer. They started to not pitch as effectively as they had throughout the course of the summer. And my concern, if I'm a Braves fan when it comes to this team, would be, are you closer to that team that we saw in June, July, and early August, or are you starting to become closer to that team that you were in September? Because if you're closer to that team that you were in September, oh, you might be in for it. However, what I will say is this. If you're lucky and the other teams in your division also do not play up to par or play up to their potential, maybe if you do have somewhat of a drop-off, maybe you're still fortunate enough just to get in by winning your division. I bring this up because this is exactly what happened in 2021. They were fortunate enough just to get in by winning their division. And it was a struggle in 2021 for a good chunk of that season before they made a lot of trades after the All-Star break with Jorge Soler and Eddie Rosario and so many other players that they brought in. And I bring up 2021 because that's when Atlanta went out there and they put a ring on that finger. (laughs) And I think fans would like to see something closer to that again, James. Peach tree, peach tree. Than seeing these 100-plus win seasons that happen in the regular season and everybody's happy and ecstatic only to go home disappointed by losing in the divisional round for two straight years. They definitely don't want to make it three. And something else to watch out for when it comes to that team, they didn't really make big splashes in the offseason. When I was down at Cool today, earlier this week, I'm hearing fans talk about, well, you know, we're interested in seeing what sales going to do. Allow me to take my, uh, allow me to take my pundit hat off here for a second, if I may, and just give you my opinionate, my opinionated thoughts on this. I don't think that's going to go well. Chris Sale is not the Chris Sale that he was with the Chicago White Sox, and when he first got to the Boston Red Sox. Sorry to tell you that. But that's the big splash that they made this offseason. They needed to get a real ace. The Braves were one of those teams that I thought would be in the mix to get a Corbin Burns from Milwaukee the way the Baltimore Orioles did. I don't know what type of efforts they made to try to get a younger ace on that mound, to get someone who is more current, who has not been on the injury mend as much as Chris Sale has been on in the past few years too. That's another major concern right there. Now maybe Chris Sale can come out there on the mound this year and absolutely exceed expectations and just shut me completely up. And for the sake of Atlanta Braves fans and as an Atlanta Braves supporter and a Georgia native, believe it or not, James, I hope I'm wrong about that. But I have seen this story play out way too many times before, not just with the Braves, but with other teams. You bring in players that have this storied career of some sort the way that Chris Sale once did because when he was with the Chicago White Sox oh he was one of those dudes out there on that mound he was one of the absolute best in baseball when he first got to the Boston Red Sox he was still one of the best in baseball we haven't seen that version of him in quite a long time and that's what I think the Atlanta Braves fans are hoping for and I honestly think they're setting themselves up for a disappointment well, I will say this. What's interesting is it's spring training. The players have something to do about it. Uh, they can come together and, and 
get out on the on the diamond and and, and show us what they can do, uh, it, and and that's what it's about. Uh, when they play the Rays on Saturday, that's a one hundred five game. They'll have an opportunity to, to kind of see where they are, and 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 again, these are spring training games, and they're looking at players, evaluating pieces, and trying to figure things out. But at some point, it's going to get more intense, and the players are competitive. They want to win. So, again, looking at Atlanta coming up at the Rays, okay, then you get the, the Boston Red Sox on Sunday. Then you'll see the Orioles on Monday. Then they go up to Bradenton to play. Then they go over to Clearwater to play the Phillies. Then you have an opportunity to see uh, the Minnesota Twins. So there's some opportunities to kind of get something going and kind of see what you have and, and, and kind of uh, get the ball rolling, so to speak. So, so when they do leave out of here, going back to Cobb County, they could be in a good place. And maybe the Chris Sale acquisition won't even matter. Maybe, maybe some of those younger arms that they have there, maybe they continue to grow and develop and help out Spencer Strider, who is clearly now the ace of this entire rotation, maybe it won't even matter. But the point that I'm just making here is, if that's what you're pinning your hopes on as far as that pitching rotation taking the next step, listen, with his experience, Chris Sale and his knowledge of the game, that's going to provide something exponential for the Braves clubhouse but what are you actually going to be able to do when you get out there on the mound and I'm not saying he's going to look like hot garbage but if you're expecting Chris Sale from the 2010s I I just don't think that's what you're going to get yeah oftentimes in sports there's people who their reputations precede them and we're looking at them for the player they are and we've known for for so long you look at a Mike Tyson um, using boxing as an analogy, uh, a guy who was just destroying people early on. But when you say his name, you still it still invokes, oh, man, that's Mike Tyson. So, you know, some of these guys, if they can rise to the occasion, they can still help you win. And Sale, his job is to help the Braves, the Bravos, win games, and, and we'll see what happens. Maybe maybe Chris Sale is at a point in his career where he's going to turn more into what Grant Hill was for the Phoenix Suns. Remember those years? He was a spot starter for the Phoenix Suns, not somebody who was considered a star out there necessarily alongside Nash and Amari Stoudemire, Steve Nash that is, but he had a role to play and he became a master in his role. Maybe that's something that Chris Sale can do. And I bring up Grant Hill because Grant Hill – his early years in the league, he was one of those dudes in the NBA. Those years on the Detroit Pistons. Grant Hill was supposed to be LeBron James before LeBron James. Grant Hill was the guy that I believe that guys like Michael Jordan and others looked at and said, that's going to be the next face of the league. That is, of course, before Kobe Bryant absolutely blossomed and developed into who he did for the Lakers, helping them win three straight championships to begin the 2000s. But even then, still... Grant Hill was still the total package. Signs with the Orlando Magic alongside Tracy McGrady. And also Tim Duncan was supposed to come with them as well, according to many stories. 
I can't wait until we get the actual story on that one day what actually happened, why Tim Duncan didn't put on that uniform. But signs alongside Tracy McGrady, who absolutely became a superstar with the Orlando Magic, and Grant Hill wasn't out there on the court for most of the time because of a various amount of ankle injuries that he suffered from during his time in Orlando for the most part. But he somewhat had a bit of a career resurgence when he got to Phoenix. No, he did not look like the Grant Hill that was in Detroit. And I don't think at that point people were expecting him to look like that. But he had a role to play, and he played it well. And they didn't win a championship, but they did get pretty far in some playoff series. In particular, the Western Conference Finals in 2010 when they fell short against my Los Angeles Lakers. But maybe Chris Sale can have that type of resurgence with his career on the mound. Yeah, Grant Hill was a a, a phenomenal player at Duke. Uh, When he got to the league, he had a lot of skills. And coming into Detroit, he was that guy. And with the ankle... Obviously, it it did not work out uh, to the magnitude where he would have been the player that we were hoping and everybody uh, envisioned him to be. But at some point, he was able to uh, change his role, so to speak. And he still lasted uh, for quite a number of years, uh, and he's been able to go on and and, and help and and be a part of uh, the Atlanta Hawks and uh, also become active in, you know, other sports and uh, just a very interesting person. And, uh, you know, his dad played for the Cowboys, and his mom was roommates with Hillary Clinton. Uh, He comes from good stock, good person. His wife is Tamia. And, uh, yeah, interesting person. And if he could have been healthy with T-Mac – at Orlando, who knows what would have happened. But, yeah, when he was in Detroit, he had flashes of, of, of greatness and a uh, good character guy. He could really play, and he was a really special talent at Duke. It's a shame Isaiah Thomas never really got to play with him for a long stretch of time. But Grant Hill is actually very relevant to this conversation that we're actually talking about right now with baseball because he's a part of the new ownership of the Baltimore Orioles. There you go. All right, folks, we got to get ready to get out of here soon. But before we go, we want to say congratulations are in order to the Cardinal Mooney Lady Cougars girls basketball team here in Sarasota. The ladies are moving on to the Final Four, coming off of a 64-40 to victory over Tampa Catholic on Thursday, February the 22nd. James, I got to tell you, I didn't know what to expect in the first half. Back and forth pace, tight-knit game. But in the third quarter, those girls came out and they went on an offensive explosion, meaning Cardinal Mooney. And they shut things down on the defensive end as well, sending everybody wearing Cougar Red home happy. I say it like that because Tampa Catholic, they had a nice crowd that was on hand for them. And they were really loud in the first half. They they were really doing their job, causing disruptions for the opposing team. But in the second half, they sat in silence. Cardinal Mooney, an interesting team, uh, great coaching. I had an opportunity to see them earlier in the season. Uh, They have some forwards who can finish. They have some forwards who can step out and shoot jump shots. Uh, They make layups. They run the floor. They defend. Uh, They substitute well. They hit free throws. 
and they can make jump shots at times. They're going to be a tough out, and I look forward to seeing them in Lakeland and seeing what they can do. Uh, all they need to do is win two games, and that's easier said than done, but if they can somehow come up with two games, uh, they will have something that they will always cherish. The football team did it, and uh, that would be the, the, the two uh, state titles in that one academic year. So we'll see what happens, and we'll make sure to, to have that for you on our ABC7 uh, sports desk on our newscast, and, and definitely uh, make sure you, you, you stay tuned to us. We also want to say congratulations on the hardwood to the Booker Lady Tornadoes and the Venice Lady Indians. Unfortunately, their hoop streams for the 2023-24 season are over. They fell short in their Elite Eight contest on Thursday, February the 22nd as well. Booker losing 63-52 to to Lakewood. Or James, is that 62-53? to I just want to make sure that I have that correct here Let's really quickly. That. Here for the Booker Lady Tornadoes. They made the trip up to Lakewood on Thursday. And, you know, for a team that looked rocky in the regular season, I had a feeling that they would go on some type of run in the playoffs just simply because a lot of those girls have been there, and they did. But, unfortunately, they fell short, and they're not going back to the Final Four. That final being 62-53, to and the Venice Lady Indians losing at Winter Haven 60-46. to Not exactly sure what happened in that matchup. It sound, sounds like from what I was told that it was close for about three quarters and then Winter Haven just pulled away in front of their home fans in that fourth quarter. But making it to the Elite Eight, that's nothing to hold your nose down about. Definitely. Uh, we had some good and we, we have some good girls varsity basketball teams in this area. Uh, Riverview, shout out to the Lady Rams. They had a great season. They ran into Venice a couple times, and uh, Venice went, you know, they did not finish the way they wanted to, but they have nothing to be ashamed of. They had a great season, and they'll move on. And uh, definitely Booker ran into a, a juggernaut. Uh, Booker's a special program. Uh, Coach Ty Bryant, he has a team that's very motivated, a very good program, back-to-back uh, -back Final Four appearances. Uh, they make it back to the Elite Eight, and they don't get past that, but they have nothing to be ashamed of. They'll come back. You'll hear about Booker again next season. Uh, they get up and down the floor. They shoot. They run, and they're, and they're very hardworking. So uh, shout-out to all of our ladies or girls basketball varsity teams here on the Sun Coast, and we always look forward to covering you and as well as the fellas, and uh, definitely next season uh, that will be great. Yeah, some of the men's teams uh, making strong runs as well. Braden River, they lost a heartbreaker to Seminole. The final score in that one was 51-49. to Sarasota, the Riverview boys, Cardinal Mooney's boys, all the teams at Northport's boys, Parish Community High School, um, Palmetto, a lot of, lot of great teams. And, you know, we're saying congratulations on great seasons with the schools. A lot of these young athletes, they play travel ball. They play AAU. And you can best be assured that once we get the schedules and once we know who's playing, 
We're going to continue to bring you these updates as these guys and girls continue to develop their games and get better both physically and mentally out there on the court. So we're just saying sayonara to the school season. We look forward to seeing what the summer and late spring is going to look like for them as well. Definitely uh, the young man Javon Palavra over at Booker. He was a special talent. Uh, 6'5", run the floor, uh, shoot, shoot your lights out. Uh, finish, slam dunk, uh, good character guy, and he's going to go on and be a good person in life. And then you look at uh, the coach and the team over at Bayshore and even Northport. Northport really played well this year. Uh, Riverview played well. Uh, Sarasota High, Coach Ivy, and and the teams around here, uh, IMG Academy on a national level. Uh, a lot of good teams around here. Uh, Manatee has some good young players, some good talent there. Uh, you know, even, uh, you know, uh, Southeast is, is coming along, and obviously they made the change uh, with the football coach. So we look forward to seeing what that looks like. And, again, the Sun Coast is a special place, and there's a lot of good talent here uh, from Venice to – uh, the Northport Bobcats, all the way out to Parrish, uh, Braden River, uh, shout out to Lakewood Ranch, and so on and so forth. Uh, the Out of Door Academy, uh, we really appreciate all of you. Yes, and when we talk about that travel ball, folks, I know we're talking specifically about basketball, but we have travel ball players in soccer and baseball and all of these sports. And when James and I tell you we have you covered, we mean we have you covered. So, when we get those schedules, the more that we're learning, we're going to continue to bring you the latest with all of these remarkable young student athletes who are just young, remarkable people. And, and that's honestly the most refreshing part in all of it. Definitely. Uh, the soccer season was great. Uh, a lot of teams really worked hard out there. And you know that uh, football is the world's most famous sport. And uh, for the success that some of our teams had uh, – uh, kudos there, and uh, we look forward to, to seeing what you guys do in the future. And speaking of baseball, to the baseball, to the softball, to the track and field, to the lacrosse, to the beach volleyball teams out there, we're coming. We're coming, guys. We'll be out there as soon as we can. We're going to go ahead and wrap up this edition of the In Between the Lines podcast. We will see you guys again next week. I am the X Factor, Xavier McKnight. And I'm James Hill. Guys, be safe, be well, and be vigilant.